wine, food, talk. NapaBroadcasting.com Thanks for joining us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Every day on Napa Broadcasting, in city and county offices, and in wineries and homes all across the valley, people are debating the current state of and future of the wine business. Yet at its core, it's really very simple. To produce great wines and get that wine into the hands of consumers. To garner both good reviews and good business. Of course, the how of that, the execution, is what separates the successes from the also-rans. My guest, Jean-Charles Boisset, seems to have an innate understanding of this. In his family's wine business since childhood, today he oversees a vast array of wineries and brands in California, in France, and even in Canada. Here in Napa, we know him best for Raymond Vineyards, as well as Deloche and Buena Vista, all part of the collection of Jean-Charles Boisset. And it is my pleasure to welcome him here to Napa Broadcasting today. Jean-Charles, thanks so much for joining us. Bonjour, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's a delight to have you here, and I've wanted to talk to you for a while, but I want to begin by talking a little bit about you and about growing up in the wine business literally from the time you were a kid. Well, indeed, it has been an amazing journey. And, and first, Jeff, I want to congratulate you for your incredible show on the radio as well as uh, the great passion and talent you display because you really uh, know it well and it's very exciting to be uh, with you and I'm very honored. So again, I want to stress uh, how, um, how grateful I am to be with you today. Well, thank you. Yeah, so very fortunately, unfortunately because it was 45 years ago, but fortunately 45 <laughs> years ago, I was born in the middle of a tiny village named Vougeot which happens to be the most well-known village, as you probably know, in Burgundy for Pinot Noir winemaking, which was actually founded by the monks, the Cistercian monks, in 950. So it's a very historical village, and I was born in the middle of a vineyard and in the winery where my parents actually started to make wine, which was our family home. So I had the pleasure to be cradled in a barrel, to be born on a leaf, and obviously to enjoy the forbidden grapes since day one of my life. As a matter of fact, my father very kindly put a little bit of Clovougeau at the tip of his finger when I was born, and I vibrated, apparently, for Pinot. And since then, I never stopped enjoying it. So all my life, to answer your question, being in the world of wine, making it, drinking it, enjoying it, and, and obviously in the vineyards as well. So it's been a very exciting time. One might believe that growing up the way you did with, in that wine region in France with such respect for wine and, and, and really people that take it seriously would have led you in a particular direction. But somehow along the way, you've learned the joy of it. You've learned a way to to talk about wine, to make wine, to, to market wine in a way that both takes it seriously and really shows appreciation for the more fun aspect of it. Talk about how you got to that point. Well, very kind to say that. Indeed, it was very authentic and very natural and very, you know, spontaneous. Uh, you didn't have to force yourself to love wine because you were in the vineyards at all time. My playground was actually the vineyard uh, in front of the house. So I was literally playing between rows of vineyards with my friends. I was engaged intimately and deeply into 
the winery because you were looking at people all the time, you know, making wines, racking barrels, and helping out. And you were loving it because that's what your parents were doing and your friends were doing and the parents of your friends were doing. So it was very natural to really evolve into the world of wine. And it was extremely, uh, how can I say, uh, authentically obvious that you get so contagiously contaminated by the love of it that you can never escape it. Because besides wine, it's the art of life that is important and the way of life, being with nature and being with your parents and grandparents on the same ground and, and really learning the important things of life, which is the ecosystem, which is the soil, which is life through the vines. I was very honored to be able to learn life through the vine and the cycle of the vines and the 11 months of the year and then the transformation of an amazing gift of God, the grapes, into wine. So you follow it naturally, you dive into it, and you're not forced to do it. You just do it because you love it. And for me, I would not even imagine at some stage in my life not being part of a world of wine. Mm -hmm. I was born in it. I've made it. Uh, I've made wines in the cellars all my childhood. I've been doing every single task you can imagine uh, within the wine world, uh, naturally, which is a, a very good way to learn. And, and finally, I got very inspired by it. And that's, I think, very important is wine is an inspiration for everything you want to do in life, whether painting, architecture, whether uh, any, any uh, entertainment like you do as well, from radios and TVs and things. So, you know, from that, moment on, wine has always been at the epicenter of and a catalyst of every artistic expression I could think of. Of all the parts of the business that you have touched, and as you say, it is literally every part of it from cleaning out tanks in the cellar to running the multinational company you do today, what's your favorite thing about the business? My favorite thing about the wine world is one, to craft the wine in terms of stylizing them, so the ultimate moment. I love to be part of the vineyard and to be part of the blending of the winemaking, the ultimate moment of it, before you bring the wines into the bottle. Number two, my other favorite part is actually talking to people about wine. And the guest, the consumer end, is my favorite because you get one, to communicate what you love, number two, to have them taste what you've made or participate into making, and thirdly, making them discover something they know or don't know, and then engaging them in your world. So I think the making, the promoting of it are my two favorite angles of what we do, but as well, what I adore is every part of it. I must confess, there's not one part of it that I don't love. Uh, that's why we are who we are and we have an amazing team of people because we genuinely part of the wine world. We are the fabric, we are the roots of the wine world. I mean, no one can challenge us on what we do because that's what we've done forever. Not that we repeat what we've done because we constantly reinvent ourselves, but because we know it quite well. I don't want to sound pretentious, but we are obviously deeply into it since birth. So it's fascinating, I think, as well, to engage a group of people to 
be part of what you do and loving it and and then excelling in it. So that's all those parts that I adore. Talk a little more about engaging the consumer because it is one of the things that, that you're certainly so good at, so effective at, not just the marketing of wine in the traditional way that, that people might relate to it, but literally engaging people, whether it's at events, whether it's at the winery, whether it's through various other interesting and different ways. Talk about that because that's a big part of what there's a lot of conversation about in this valley today. Well, you're very kind. So what I think drives me to love doing it is passion. There's one word is being authentic, being spontaneous, and being passionate and loving people. So all those things I hope I am, and certainly loving people, as you know, I can confirm that because I adore being with people, <laughs> and I adore for them, if they're interested, to convey the lifestyle we're in and what comes with it. So with wine, the beauty is agriculture, viticulture, weather conditions, transformation in the art of the gesture, you know, the, the hand and what the hand helps you to do in the winery. And then all the senses, tastings, and then after tastings, you know, enjoying the wines, drinking it, pairing it. So I love all those aspects, and wine allows you to really bond with people. It has this unbelievable uh, quality that it's a catalyst of discussion and at the same time brings people together. I always say, oceans of the world separate us, wine unites us. And whether you from France or here, wine brings you together. And that's what I love is to bring that elixir that God kindly missioned us to to produce and to bring to passionate people out there to bring them uh, that ultimate, uh, you know, um, favorite thing that there is in, in this world and share it with them. And that's what I love is the sharing. I don't imagine having a glass of wine by myself. However, I imagine myself really having a glass of wine with others and celebrating together and enjoying life and talking about how great wine implies every part of this world. And yet there are people that you and I both know in this valley that would perhaps take issue with some of that, that would argue that conveying that lifestyle and that kind of engagement is somehow not true to the tradition of agriculture and winemaking, and that somehow it's separate and apart from that. That's right, and I regret that. I'm from Burgundy. We have some of the finest vineyards in the world. I can certainly take a very snobbish, arrogant, and cold approach. I think that's the opposite of what the wine world is about. I think what we've done well in Burgundy as a region, and a lot of friends of mine having wineries, is bring people together and not segmenting anyone by their financial abilities or who they are, but on the opposite. A winery is a sense of place where people should congregate, enjoy a glass of wine if, uh, if they want, uh, buy a bottle at different price points, but they don't have to buy necessarily the most expensive to be welcome. Our mission in the wine world is to convey how exciting our world is and to bring contagiousness to other people and to educate them if they need it or inspire them if they wish to be open-minded to this. And 
understand our world better. This is why we've created blending rooms at all our wineries, so people make the wine like you would cook with a chef and understand the parts and the flavor profile and what they love. So wine needs to be a very democratic experience, cannot be segmenting by just having X amount of means. And a winery should be a place who welcomes everyone. That's why this valley should not restrict people to come in. And I want to be really stressing that. On the opposite, we need to figure out how we make the infrastructure better so people can come in. But we don't want to segment our guests just because they can afford to join our wine club or they can buy Generations or Chateau Bonavista or the estate at the Loach. We want everybody to come. I'm pleased to talk to anyone, whether they spend $30 with us or $3,000 with us. It doesn't matter. I think everybody deserves to taste wine. Everybody deserves to enjoy wine. And there's wine for everybody. We happen to love making fine wines, but if someone loves to buy a $6 bottle of wine, be it, as long as they drink wine. And as long as they discover it, they will eventually buy the bottle at 20 and 30 and 50 and, and move up if they want to. But I don't drink only $100 bottles of wine. I love to drink 20, 30, 10, whatever, as long as the wine is good. Of course, you've run smack up against some of these problems that you're talking about in the effort uh, to expand Raymond and in some of the other things that, that you're trying to do, particularly at Raymond. Exactly. And, and this is unfortunate that people sometimes mix the issues of traffic and hold us responsible for a lot of traffic on the roads or trucks or even speed limits. Uh, a lot of that we don't regulate. You know, remember Rome. In order to access Rome, they built bigger roads so that more people could come to Rome and join the Republic of Rome. I could name Constantinople. I could name Paris. I could name New York. I could name L.A. I could name many other places. And, and I'm not saying we should change the landscape of the beauty of Napa that I'm looking at. I just think we need to thoroughly think about not limiting the amount of people because they have a black card uh, and, and they're going to spend. Rather, we need to figure out a way to bring people and inspire them about agriculture, sustainability, the ecosystem, thanks to wine. And I don't want, personally, and this is not the way I was raised, I was very fortunate to be the grandson of four school teachers. And, and uh, my parents started from scratch, and, and I've seen it. Uh, very fortunately happened uh, is is be able to bring everybody to wine. I don't want wine to become this elixir that only the happy few drinks. This is not what wine is meant to be. And uh, therefore, when we have people, young people here at Raymond, as an example, and we have a lot of Silicon Valley people coming or young engineers who don't have the chance you and I have had to be educated on wine and ask us a ton of questions and learn. And, and if they spend $60 or $600, it's wonderful either way, as long as we educated them more on wine, on the districts of Napa, and are sustainable and obviously organic and biodynamic practices. We are thrilled. We hear to enlighten people from the ultimate gift of God as a product from the earth. And that's really our mission. And build a greater community of wine lovers. And not only the people who already enjoy it, but as well people from other cultures and religion and background 
who maybe did not have the chance that I've had to be raised with wine and the finest, but to be shown the way to enjoy it and to appreciate it. Talk a little about the showmanship that, that certainly you obviously think is important, and it's been a big part of your efforts, both at Raymond, at your new Tasty Lounge, at the Ritz-Carlton in San Francisco, your alliance with, with different people in show business. That, that's been an important part of getting your message out there. Well, you know, Jeff, this is, when you say showmanship, this is actually who I am. So I'm not trying to be someone... Mm-hmm. I'm actually probably the most natural type of person and spontaneous you can think <laughs> out there. I, I'm just who I am. So um, I'm not trying to be anyone else. And I think I love to bring people into our world through unique experiences. I really believe I was very fortunate, you know, to come to uh, high school in the U.S. and learn by doing in France, you know, you learn very differently at school, and here you learn by, by doing things a lot more through case studies and everything else. And I've realized, you know, people want to be engaged into a journey and learn by smelling, you know, like the aroma mm-hmm. room we have, by touching, like the district room, we have all the earth samples and all that, by feeling the textures of the red room, by making wine in the blending room, uh, by discovering the museum at Buena Vista and so forth and so forth. So, yes, I mean, we love to do it in a certain way because this is the way we, I've always done it. So I, I guess I don't know anything else. Um, and at the same time, I really think people want theater. People want mm-hmm. want to be transported. You don't come to a winery to look at just a, a, a dull bar and someone not smiling and just telling you about clonal selection. I mean, nobody cares about that. I mean, it's important, obviously, to us as we make the wine, but people want to dream, people want to travel, people want to be inspired, people want to learn about themselves, and I think wine is an amazing, incredible element to do that. So, I, you know, we like to design a lot, we like to create very unique rooms, and a lot of it, we do it because we love it ourselves, and and. You know, as you come here, I love to receive you in the red room. I mean, I love the texture, the fabrics, the element, the inspiration of Cabernet into it, the different shades of red, the Baccarat Chandelier. And and ultimately, you touch on the partners. Why did we bring Baccarat, Lalique, Bernardo, Goyard, and all the top producers around the world? Because we want our guests to be acquainted and to discover the best of the best. We pretentiously think that our great team is making fantastic wine and creating great experience. Therefore, we should bring a lot of our other friends to it so our guests can discover Crystal Maker from 1764 from France or Bernardo from 1814 or Christophe from 1855 and discover all those people who've been producing amazing things and be part of that art of life, be part of that lifestyle and understand why, you know, we should spend sometimes $900 on a crystal decanter because it was created in, 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 in the 1840s and it's called Darcourt and it, was, it has a huge history of why it's called Mille Nuits and why it's so flamboyant and why it's so gorgeous and, and why we should put a decanter on the table. So we feel it's very important to bring a certain luxury, world of luxury together to engage people on how to celebrate, how to set the table, 
why you should drink out of baccarat glasses or or have a beautiful Lalique centerpiece at your table. And, and it's part of the same world. And Napa Valley, Sonoma, and our wine region of California needs to be synonymous of luxury as well worldwide. And I, I can tell you our mission is America, but the world. I, when I travel, which I do extensively, I always have wine from California, and I want to be... I want people to perceive our wonderful wine region as a luxurious wine region, not just entry-level wines, but phenomenal wines that deserve a world stage. And thanks to those brand associations as well, you know, uh, we're doing it. I was just in New York and, and with Lalique doing things and, and soon with Pacora doing other things. And, and even in their venue, bringing our wines and their beautiful items helps our two worlds together to be three. Ultimately, we want people to dream. Like you're making people dream with what you do so, so charismatically. We want them to dream when they come and see us. From nature all the way down to the ultimate experience of enjoying the wines. We want them to dream when they make it because they craft their own wines. And we want them, when they are in the crystal cellar, to look at all those great crystals and great ideas of mirrors and see themselves and, 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 and really dream about how they can become even some, someone different. And that's the fun thing is we receive so many notes of people loving our environment. I mean, look at Buena Vista. We want them to dream about the 1850s when Buena Vista was started. We want them to dream in the bubble lounge at Buena Vista about bubbles. But there's a not only French champagne, there's as well amazing bubbles we make here at Buena Vista that deserve a world stage, world stage in a, in a phenomenal environment in the caves. So everything we want to do, we want passion, excitement, vibration. We want to create really a spontaneous awakening and enlightenment of all I guess to say, I want to come back, but I want to take that experience to my home, to my friends. And I love it, and I'm engaged in wine. You have some 21-plus brands that, that you're responsible for that are part of your whole collection. Talk a little bit about the business side of all of this. And as somebody that has been in the business for so many years, what is the wine business like today? Where is it tougher than it has been? Where is it better than it has been? Give us a little sense of how you see the business of wine today, Jean-Charles. Well, thanks to the amazing interest of consumers in America, and I'll speak about America, I assume, that's mm -hmm. your question, I see American consumers and our guests becoming so much more intrigued, interested, and passionate about wine. So I'm personally extremely bullish about consumption of wine, let's say over $15, $20 in the U.S. This is really the area we, we love to perform. And I'm very excited about the global willingness to be more knowledgeable at every level, whether it's our distributors, whether it's the trade, being sommelier and food and beverage directors and retailers who want to learn more and spend more time with us, to ultimately the consumers. They ask so many great questions. They are so much more than building collections of wine and wanting to serve wine and drink wine than ever before. So I think the future of wine at large in America is extremely bullish. It's extremely bright. 
On top of it, food in America has progressed dramatically over the last 50 years, where today there's no way to eat badly in America, whereas 50 years ago it was a very different story from what I heard. So today you eat well, you're drinking better and better, people are very interested into what they eat. Re remember Bria Savara, the famous <coughs> you know, food writer and, and, uh, and uh, cheese master, used to say, you are what you eat. America is becoming an amazing culture of experiencing great food and great wine. So we are very excited about it. And furthermore, what is very thrilling is younger consumers are very interested in saving money to spend on a great bottle of wine, which did not happen before. The parents maybe were drinking, but they were drinking some wine, but maybe a different style of wine that the younger generation is drinking. I mean, we see them in all our wineries. You would have a 24-year-old show up, budget maybe just $60. We do the tasting and spend, you know, $50 on, on a bottle of wine, and they don't hesitate. They want to drink well. They want to experience. They want to learn. And what I'm loving today is the guests we have in the U.S., are very interested in where you make the wine, how you make it, are very engaged into the process you go through to produce that wonderful bottle of wine. So I cannot be more enthusiastic about it. So as a business, altogether, this is obviously, as you know, a very time-consuming business, a very unpredictable business because you never know what the harvest would be like, and you can never predict the years to come. But, you know, we're so fortunate to do what we do. We're so blessed to be able to make wine. We're so, um, you know, uh, uh, unbelievably lucky to be able to have the lifestyle we have that we can only be optimistic about the future and only be, you know, engaged to continuously promote wine because... This is the finest of the finest one can do. And finally, I have to ask you, since you, you are in both places in so many ways, what yes. impact has all of this change, everything you've been talking about that's going on in the U.S. with respect to wine, what impact has that had on the French wine industry? Well, thank you for asking, because we in both places being Napa and Sonoma, so, you know, we are in many multiple wine regions. You know, we're in Monterey as well with Lockwood, we're in Alexander Valley with Leeds, Russian River, we're in Carneros, we're in Napa, we're in Mendocino. So we're pretty much in most of the high-profile wine regions in California and all the Burgundians, Beaujolais, Rhone, and south of France. So your question is, is a very good one in the sense that we have a large perspective. I think what has been very exciting for the world of wine at large is to see America, which is the largest leading consuming nation in the world, to really turn its interest into fine wines. Not just to drink it as a beverage or as a necessity, but to really want to enjoy it. So it has, it has turned the world on its around, where typically, historically, you know, France was one of the biggest, England was one of the biggest, and others. Now it's the U.S. And therefore, people are very interested, and I've always been into American culture. I've always been very engaged into it since birth. You know, my grandparents were mm -hmm. resistant in the war. 
were very close with some American soldiers and etc. So we were very, very turned on early on and huge supporters of the American dream. And I think, I feel the wine region of France is really engaged with the U.S. And I'm very excited to receive American people in their cellars, very, very engaged into the interest of how Americans have become great collectors, not only of Burgundy, but of Southern Rome to great South of France wine to lovely Champagne, of course, and, and naturally Bordeaux and, and new regions. I mean, we are in the Jura now with Henri Mer, which is a great estate we acquired recently. We're going to bring those wines at some stage next year into the country. And and those are not obvious wines. Arbois and those, they drink beautifully and people are interested to discover them. So I think the European have understood that you need to take your time to explain and educate and make people discover. And as they will do that, people will indeed discover and enjoy the wines. And it's really well worth it to spend a lot of time in, in the U.S. And finally, I'd like to tell you, that's a personal experience, that we're learning a great deal from the U.S. It's not like in winemaking in the old days, apparently, not that I was there, but, <laughs> you know, the French were spending a lot of time here to educate American winemakers or vineyard managers. Today, it's as well reversed. We are very fortunate, Jeff, to have over 25 winemakers between both places, and there's an amazing interaction between all. There's an amazing conversation and dialogue between both, and one is learning from the other and vice versa. So it's a totally two-way street. So I think European now see, because I consider myself more than a European, more than a French person, see America as an amazing learning platform as well. A place you can have a dialogue, you can exchange, you can learn from, and a place which is a fascinating place to come where you, you, you get totally enlightened. Jean-Charles Boisset, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. My great pleasure, Jeff, and look forward to seeing all your guests on your show to come and see us at our wineries at Raymond Buenavista or Deloach in the wine country. Absolutely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Controversy, fun, and conversation. All the things that radio used to be. NapaBroadcasting.com